very warm welcome to all our listeners. This is Radio Maria, and this is our hour of catechesis. And、um, we have the great pleasure and the great privilege of having Father Vladimir Feltzman, who will be speaking to us about his philosophy of life and the wisdom that he has collected and stored. And is so generously sharing with us over more than 50 years of being a priest,、um, serving the church in that wonderful way. And、um, a very good afternoon to you, Father Vlad. Happy Friday afternoon to everybody. It's so lovely to see you, as always. And、um, tell me, where are you broadcasting from?、Uh, from Chiswick. Chiswick. Brook Road. Because I'm caring for a 90-year-old lady who's got dementia. Wonder,、oh, good, wonderful,、um, good. And what are you going to be speaking to us about this this afternoon, Father? What I call the heart model, and I, I'll explain that I see our each person as an individual who has. The land of the heart, a spaceless reality inside them, and it's helped me understand and why people are the way they are, and why people are different, why people change, and why people don't know each other very well at all. And one of the motivations behind this is that you know, 50% of marriages break down because people marry without knowing who they're marrying. Because they haven't thought about it,、and、I'm hoping that this afternoon they'll give them some sort of model that can help them go forward and make sure that this wonderful reality that is a marriage is formed between two people who know each other well and therefore know what to expect rather than be surprised that、uh, that was something there they never expected. That's wonderful. So you you're going to be giving some advice today that、uh, married couples can take. How I see things, and to help them see perhaps something similar when they're co- contacting somebody. That, but you know, so often people fall in love, quote unquote, because they're attracted by the physicality, the beauty, the intelligence, the、uh, fun, whatever they're having, and they haven't got a clue what actually the person is like inside. Yes. Well, I, I'm very much looking forward to hearing. About this, so、yeah. we're going to hand over to you. Thank you very much. Yes, I mean, one of the key, the core commandments Jesus came to give us was love one another as I have loved you. But who is the other? That's the question. Real, genuine love is mega ubuntu. It's good for the lover and the beloved, but it has to be ideally between people who know each other, either intuitively or because they've spoken and thought. And spend time together. Know what the other person is like. Love, genuine love, needs to be across the pies. Remember this word, my acronym for the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual components of our life. To give feelings greater status and help you realize your emotional vulnerability, rather than the traditional mind, body, and spirit, I go with this quartet. The pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, because so many decisions are made, as research has shown, by psychologists, not by the intellect, but by emotions, how we feel. You like somebody, and therefore you make decisions, which afterwards you rationalise. Politicians know that, 
So they can make themselves lovable. They can sell all sorts of things to the population uh, because they're trusted, even though what they're saying is rubbish, as I'm afraid we discovered not so long ago. And our prime minister is trying to sort out the consequence of that in the Northern Ireland. Interactions between pies, each in constant flux, shape our perception and priorities, our energies and abilities. The respect and appreciation on the spiritual makes you feel good on the emotional, but calls for you to think on the intellectual, to decide what it means on the physical. What do I need to do to make the life of the wine I love better, richer, more delightful? What are they like? What do they actually need? Often we serve up things which we like to give, but people aren't perhaps keen to receive. I mean, I know a couple that uh, for the first three years of their life uh, ate stuff which neither of them liked. But the, the wife had heard from a friend that this gentleman liked the specific food and she served it up to him. Actually, he didn't like it and she didn't like it. And it was only after three years of discussion, well, for eating, that they actually spoke about it and said, oh, I see. So I've been giving you food you don't like, serving food I don't like. Conversation, not from third parties, but genuine. One to one is vital to get to know the other. Love may have to be tough love, encouraging, supporting, listening. Does your life add value to those you love? Are you constantly trying to make sure it does? Is your friend intelligent or just knowable? The brain of Britain knows a great deal, but often is not very intelligent. What is there in his or her land of the heart? What are motiva motivations, ambitions? As a board in a prep school many years ago, something like 75, 78, I came across some Edwardian atlases. I wasted a fair amount of prep time seeing how the interior of Africa came into sharper focus thanks to people like Richard Burton, David Livingstone, John Speak, and Henry Morton Stanley. I now see that these help maps helped me shape my heart metaphor for the way I see people, including myself. This spaceless land of the heart model, or heart metaphor, resurfaced in 1991 as I was setting up SPEC, a residential peer educational centre for young people, based at All Saints Pastoral Centre, London Common, having been put in charge of youth work by Cardinal Basil Hume. I wanted a visual reminder to anyone who came through its doors that they should never judge anybody by their appearances or accent. I searched and eventually found a map of the world surrounded by most national flags. I framed it, pointing to the countries one by one. I would say, look at the flag of China. It's the same size as Switzerland, as Australia, as Chad. But are those flags like faces of people accurate descriptions of what the land is. Faces of people, even their bodies are like flags. You never know what is behind, beneath their skin, teeth, hair and eyes. You never know what is inside a box until you open it. Never judge a book by its cover. Never judge a person's character and abilities by their body and face. The eyes, perhaps. Ask yourself, what is within the heart of the person that is in my head? How do I see that? personality, that character. 
if perhaps on a retreat or three, you allow yourselves time to travel through your own heart, you will perhaps encounter your real self. I'm still discovering how really I am. It's taken me 85 years, I'm still discovering more. Then as you travel on through your life, that experience will help you understand others as they encounter you. The size and shape of a body may tell you something about physical prowess, physical prowess, but gives us no clues to a man's character. Little men like Caesar and Napoleon had, for better and for worse, massive inner energies and strengths. They were great. If you are ever tempted to admire Julius Caesar, bear in mind that his Gallic Wars caused more than a million deaths, almost that many as were sold into slavery after the conquest. Historians have compared Great Caesar as the Black Death. Not great. While military deaths in the Napoleonic Wars are put between two and a half million and three and a half million, civil deaths vary from three quarters to three million. Thus, estimates of total dead, both military and civilian, range from three and a quarter to six and a half million. Not great. Thomas Aquinas was a whale of a man, but his mind was as sharp as a scalpel and as swift as an ostrich. I use the word ostrich because though ostriches would not beat cheetahs over 100 meters, but, but these explosive caps tire after a minute. An ostrich can sustain a speed of about 50 kilometers an hour for as long as 30 minutes. That's why I like to think Thomas Aquinas, his brain was really fast and kept on and on. Through the exports, their words, and above all their deeds, I begin to get to know what a person's heart actually is. What do, they, what do they export? What is inside them that they can export? Let them speak. Then you may gradually learn what is within their heart. The silent may be silent and strong. They may be simply silent because they're simply empty. The topics they choose speak volumes. Notice their body language, their face, and the sounds they make. How vastly different are the mindsets, the values, ambitions, concerns, and dreams of people with whom you rub, rub along. Though some look more or less like me, they seem to see the world as though from another planet. It takes time and patience to discover what really is inside another. The content of a heart is constantly changing. With time and his deeper worlds of experience, the hinterland is enriched. Alive, it is never static. Suffering and much else constantly transform it. This makes my own life and the lives of others intriguing. In my priestly ministry, I've come across an unknown heart linked up with another unexplored heart. Just one example that sticks in my memory. Many years ago, I was due to officiate at the marriage of, let's call her Jackie, not her real name, and her fiancé. Interviewing him prior to investigating and instigating their pre-marriage instructions, I discovered that he knew she was at university, but did not know the subject she was studying. I managed to fracture that relationship, which had been generated by her beauty and his wealth and the fun they both had at nightclubs. No harm was done, the marriage did not take place. And Jackie is now 
happily married to somebody completely different. People are great entertainment. For me, hearts are the most fascinating rea reality on earth. At its best, humanity is magnificent, sublime. At its worst, depressingly grotesque. Man's and women's inhumanity to man and woman is jaw-droppingly shocking. The heart being spiritual is spacious, yet not timeless. It's alive only in the present moment, though like any country, it carries within its history, its past. What matters is what comes out of my heart. By my exports, you will know me. I leave it to others to judge whether the product represents an acceptable face of a priest. Listening to what a person says, focusing on their minds, through their words, silences, actions, and body language, enables you to monitor their exports and thus the quality of their heart, there and then. This model has helped me understand the fragility and beauty of human lives, the flora and fauna, the savage tribes and rebel-held areas of a country seem to reflect the irrational instincts, the emotions and passions influencing, at times controlling human lives. In even the most scenic countries, you will, if you look carefully enough, discover areas of poverty, of slums, maybe shanty towns and quarries, disfiguring an otherwise beautiful view. To protect themselves, hearts hide heaps of things. Hearts are complex, to say the least. In case it might help you, as it has assisted me to empathize with the alterity, a posh word for the otherness of others, I will share you my model of the heart. But while you think about that, how about some music?
very warm welcome to all our listeners. This is Radio Maria, and we are having our hour of catechesis with Father Vladimir. And um, the music that you were listening to was from Avo Pat, based on the Beatitudes. And we're going to go back to Father Vlad now. Great to be with you again. To stimulate you to play with this land of the heart model, here is my directory. There's the heartland in real life and the head, the heart of each individual. So I see the civil service as the brain, the climate as the temperament, culture as social behavior, election manifestos, values, intentions, established church, religion, exports, vices and virtues, foreign aid, compassion, empathy, policy, generosity, geology, character, seismic ability, strength of character, mineral wealth, energy, prime minister, the ego, the self, the leader of the opposition, the id, the enemy, storms and tsunamis, the passions, the judiciary, the conscience, the legislative, internalized ethics. You might tweak the model or indeed dismantle it completely and draw up your own. But when you're talking with your beloved, it might be an idea to say, you know, uh, what's your foreign office like? What's your geology like? Uh, are you stable? Do you lose a temper? Are you strong or fracture easily? While I import many ideas, including the teachings of the Catholic Church, I try to live as a sovereign state. My judiciary, my conscience, which had to be educated like any competent judge, is independent. I am responsible for my actions. In some countries, the civil service is chaotic, as it is in hearts with mental illnesses. While paralyzed limbs reduce freedom of movement, mental illnesses reduce freedom of responsibility. Over the years, I've helped people with mental illnesses, and very few people can face them. If you have a mental illness, you can be very lonely because people are terrified of mental illness. Like in the Middle Ages, people are terrified of all sorts of illnesses like polio and cancer and Governments change, remember, sinners become saints. Fascist parties can seize power. Think of Henry VIII, defender of the faith, eventually coming the head of the Church of England, an enemy of the Pope who'd made him defender of the faith. If you have a look at your coins, it's the one title that the, the monarch still has. Fide Defensor, FD, you'll find FD on the coin. It's funny how the royalty, even nowadays, is proud of a title the Pope gave them. Even though the king, the monarch, is head of the Church of England, he's proud of the fact that he defended 
the Catholic faith. Remember how Saul became Paul? How Augustine of Hippo had been a naughty boy, ended up as a great theologian, bishop, and eventually a saint. People change, for better and for worse. St. Vladimir, who had massacred lots of people and uh, killed quite a few, ended up as the ruler of Novograd. Thanks to his wife, he became a Christian. And as a Christian, he converted the Rus to Christianity. By the time he died in 1015, he'd become a saint. In the heart model, the opposition is not as in the UK loyal. It's like the fascist party in a liberal state. When I kneel down before lifting my body to start my 85 press-ups before my morning shower, I often hear the lower lad, the opposition, whispering, you're tired, why not leave it until tomorrow? The higher lad, using a word not likely to come from the mouth of a priest, but used to when I was a civil engineer, gets on with a task in hand. Using my pride to fight my sloth, those press-ups get done. What are your, what are the others, your beloved's identity, values and roles? To what does the other belong? What does the other believe? How does the other behave? Who gives him or her their deepest identity? Where does that other reality come from? Maybe because I was born in Prague and have lived over 70 years in England, though I support England in sport, I feel I know deep down I am primarily a child of God. It is God who gives me my core identity. What about you? What about your beloved? Many people like to die where they were born because that place gives them their identity. As I know God is like gravity everywhere, I'm happy to die anywhere. I look forward to being dead and alive with God. I do not look forward to the dying process, my birth into eternal life. Whence come your values? I know I'm on earth. I know my vocation. How about you? The strategy may be clear, but as we cannot predict the future, we might need to alter our tactics. Whenever I've been asked by an enthusiastic Christian, brother, are you saved? I simply reply, I don't know. As yet, I'm not dead. Some hearts, like countries, evolve, some very slowly, some precociously fast. It takes time to metamorphose, even sublimate, aggression into appreciation and fear into respect. While we are on Earth, we need to keep working on it. We're not there yet. I distinguish between motivations and intentions. Motivations are my, like vehicles for driving wheels, fear of rejection, fear of boredom, leading to depression, desire to make a difference, and hope to leave a legacy. My intentions are like the steering wheel, what I hope to achieve. The energies that propel the vehicle in my life 
include the seven deadly sins. I use one vice to fight another, and it seems to work. I use my vanity to fight my gluttony, so I don't put weight on. And the other evil sins, like envy, greed, avarice, lust, pride, sloth, and anger, I use my pride. I ain't going to be like that. After a bad night's sleep some time ago caused by the pain, my arm felt like a ragged doll's limp and useless. As I walked along the corridor, I almost passed out nausea pain. Therefore, I engaged my brain. I turned to God. I prayed, pondering the symptoms. Why was I like this? Yes, my right arm felt colder than my left. Suddenly, bingo. I know, it's obvious. Somewhere deep within my heart, I suddenly know I have been cold-shouldered. That is what I had been suppressing. Without any malice, due to the tides and times of fortune, a number of people had lost almost all contact with me. The telephone was silent. Text felt as infrequent as raindrops in the Gobi Desert. The moment I articulated this, the pain ceased, as though someone had thrown a switch. The tendons were tender for a couple of days, but I could move my arm and put on my shirt and jacket without contortions. Within a week, I was back doing press-ups with no noxious side effects. The brain, the memory, has a huge effect on the physical, emotional, and the spiritual. For example, if I sense and admit I'm angry and about to explode, I now laugh at my stupidity, have a laugh with God, and defuse the bomb before it explodes in rage and causes harm. Laughter, even when forced, alters dopamine and serotonin activity. Laughter is a healthy way to overcome stress. The Emperor Augustus, he of the Pax Romana, controlled his temper by silently reciting the alphabet, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. By the time he reached Omega, his heart was calm. Apparently, according to Gombrich's Little History of the World, he never once gave an order in anger. Feelings, emotions and passions in my heart are like the weather, morally neutral. However, it is up to me how I react, what I export to the world outside. I know I'm responsible for what I say and do. Some people seem incapable of controlling their emotions and lash out when hurt. Those who love them cannot help being hurt and feel pain within their own heart. Knowing and loving myself better as time goes by makes it easier for me to exculpate others. As two wise cliches put it, to love is to understand, to understand is to forgive. With time, you will realize that people vary even more than countries. Hearts are as diverse as the fauna on our planet. The variety of tastes in food, drink, music, art and clothes, the diversity of faiths, of life systems, of value systems, of politics, is as thought-provoking as it is at times challenging and inspiring. From what I have observed, people try to import what their heart lacks. 
hence the complementary character of so many courting, as we used to call them now, going out couples. The only things we can export are what we have within our heart. Sooner or later, and we often it sooner than later, pretenses appear to have been pretenses. Hence, the seven-year itch and having to go through the reality of what you discover is there. What is, has been shown to be there in your heart by your lover and what you have discovered to be there in your love. And as you think about that, how about some more music? It is half past. I'm going to play a bit more Avo part once more. And um, this one is Alleluia Tropus. And um, I've chosen it because during Lent we won't be hearing any Alleluia. So I'm trying to get as many as we can in the meantime. In quick, yeah. Yes, here we go. <laughs> Oh, 
That was the beautiful music of Avo Pat and the piece Alleluia Tropus. And we've been hearing from Father Vlad. This is our hour of catechesis, and he's been speaking um, to us for the last uh, seven weeks. I think this is our seventh week, if I remember correctly. And um, it's been a real treat just to hear all the the uh, gathered wisdom from over 50 years of being a priest. And I'm going to hand over to you once more, Father Vlad. But before I do that, just a reminder that from this point on, you are welcome to call in and ask questions. The number to dial is 01223-375-564. And um, I'll be here to answer your calls while Father Vlad is speaking. Over to you, Father Vlad. Thank you. Bankers are all too aware of the economic cycle. It seems that luck, or is it providence, has a similar game plan. Tides of fortune come and go, at least for me. When people familiar with the Bible ask me how I am, nowadays I tend to say, well, the cows are fat, or my cows are thin. That's in Genesis chapter 41. Be aware of what there is within your heart. If you know what there is, you can prevent its export. You can deal with a problem and sort it out. Chaotic people generate chaos. Calm people generate calm. Characters that are tense and anguished within can even disturb their environment. In the late 80s, when I was at Westminster Cathedral Clergy House, whenever a certain individual came near the photocopier, it stopped working. As it was impossible to get an engineer out on a Friday afternoon, that created problems for the whole weekend. She had to be banned from getting anywhere near the photocopier on Fridays. The strategy worked. Was it coincidence? Who knows? But the fact was that whenever she was there, the machine had problems. Whenever she wasn't there, the machine had no problems. What I've experienced repeatedly is that when a heart is at peace within, it tends to be peace without, with its neighbours and nature. Peace emanates from peaceful hearts. Peaceful hearts attract peace. Genuine self-love and thus self-esteem generate inner peace, peace that they can export. Unhappy hearts are prone to self-destructive accidents, so beware. Remember Frederick Nietzsche's, I might believe in the Redeemer if his followers looked more redeemed. I try to look redeemed. And who never knows, sometimes people sense that. In every heart there are spooky side roads, amazing byways across the moors, getting to know others, resonating with what is there within them, teaches us a great deal about ourselves. That, at times, can be rather daunting. However, far better to be realistic than not. Late in life, I discovered how some people know how to charm, to schmooze, to seduce and to control. Some people are great actors and can fool you for ages. Since I am a romantic idealist, it took a long time for me to be suspicious of what glitters as gold. As you age, you might become more sceptical. However, if you can, avoid becoming a cynic. You will learn that you need to give time time 
to reveal the inner reality of those with whom you would like to bond. Some hearts are like those early maps. I've known you all my life. I don't know him at all. Even an accurate map of its coastline says nothing about Africa's hinterland. How well do you know someone? How well do others, bankers, dentists, doctors, friends and the rest, know you? Your own hinterland might surprise you. Last week, I thought I was fine. However, as I was about to get onto the on, out of the rain onto a bus, I struggled to close my umbrella. The catch decided to get stuck. The bus was about to pull out. I suddenly surprised myself coughing up two Anglo-Saxon expletives. As I sat down in the bus, trying to avoid getting my trousers wet by that rebellious object, I realized I was not all right. I had indeed been doing far too much. I needed a break. Smiles are attractive, and in our culture, typically they're welcomed. However, in places where the devil seduces with smiles and the KGB interrogator grins as he tortures, they are much more suspect. A clash of grim versus smiling cultures ensures as tourists at Russian passport controls have often seen. An exception was the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. The authorities made sure that every official smiled. Visitors returned home with great memories of their trip, around which they had once been the heart of our sour USSR. Bear in mind that your heart's emotions, passions and enthusiasms are unstable, a bit like our UK weather they can suddenly turn nasty. Unhappy experiences can squeeze the isobars and a heart's calm sunshine turns stormy. Etched in my memory is the great storm of the night of 15th to 16th October 1987 with its hurricane-forced wind. The suggestion by the BBC's Michael Fish that the warning was a false alarm is celebrated as a classic, classic gaffe to be cautious than overconfident. Even worse than moral turmoil is, in my experience, the leaden cold darkness of depression and emotional despair. Its close relative indifference suffocates the heart. The Book of Revelation attacks the Laodicean syndrome and its apathy indifference. Better to be hot or cold. The lukewarm will be vomited out of the mouth of the one who is life. Yet a broken heart may be too vulnerable to commit itself again. Some are too sensitive ever to dare to love once their heart been, as they might say, devastated. I know a number of people like that. Maybe that explains why films about alien invaders smashing up our cities seem to be so popular. There may be a metaphor for assuaging fears of the Cold War turning white hot. But they also resonate with the experience of all too many hearts. Don't forget that virtues are good habits. Both good and bad habits become ingrained by repetition. So acquiring virtues improves lives within a heart while increasing its abilities to export even better products into its neighborhood. So as you're thinking about Lent, why not think about what virtues you might try to 
courage to improve. One or two be enough. Patience, generosity, whatever. Give it some thought because virtues do improve the land of your heart and improve the way you can help the world outside. When the government is open to the divine, the heart is at peace, enlightened peace. Some hearts are very religious. Religion and religiosity are part of the atmosphere. Others are utterly secular. Some hearts are isolationist. Their policies make them stand alone, not getting involved with the problems of others. Think imports across the pies. Medication can help the P. Education can help I. Networking can help the E. And prayer certainly helps the S. Improve the physical, intellectual, emotional and spiritual components within your heart. When a heart is at peace, it is more likely to delight in solitude. When people say, ah, oh, being a priest is a very, very lonely experience, a way of life, isn't it, Father? I say, no, not in my case. History has shown how pain has been able to mature some hearts into the finest humans ever seen on earth. Think Nelson and Mandela. Some, the proud and insecure, are terrified of a balance of payments deficit. In order to avoid any future obligations, they never accept gifts. They defend their position with neither a borrower nor lender-be. For a loan often loses both itself and friend, as Shakespeare's Polonius in Hamlet says. Wise hearts know they need to forge alliances and work with as many allies in life as they can in order to fulfill their potential, their vocation on this planet. Fear, like extreme weather, can paralyze hearts. However, flight, a state of emergency declared, Flicking to fight exports violence. When channeled, anger can become a powerful motivator. A handy trivial quiz question is, what is the only instrument Jesus Christ is recorded in the Gospels ever to have made? Answer, I suspect you know. It's a whip. John chapter 2, verse 15. There are all too many hearts infected by unhappiness, guilt, factual or fictions, blights many hearts. There are few with vast reservoirs of goodwill, forever bursting with joy and laughter. They are there to help anyone in need. Acceptance of who you are is a sign of maturity. We all need to explore our hearts and accept, even embrace and learn to love whatever is there. Remember, God knows what is there, so you can afford to love yourself with all your weaknesses and admit they're there. So how about pausing for a moment with some music as we enter our last quarter of an hour. Yes, and I have another Alleluia for us um, because we have to get in as many Alleluias as possible before Lent. And yep. um, this one is from J.S. Bach. I hope you enjoy it. And also, just before we put that on, a reminder that if you have any questions, 
you have a little bit of time to call him. And the number to dial is 01223-375-564. And we'd love to take your call. Absolutely love J.S. Bach. Gorgeous. Yeah. And um, so we come to the last 10 minutes of our time together. And um, so far we haven't had any callers, but um, I found that very interesting what you said, Father Vlad, about the only instrument that, that Jesus um, made. I was scratching my head and I, I must say it did not come to mind. Um, but that is quite interesting. Have you yep. ever thought about um, the one thing that both Socrates and Jesus, um, you can say about the two of them? Well, there are quite a few things that you can say about the two of them, but there's one that I I wonder if you've ever thought about. Uh, does anything come to mind? Let's put that that way first. Only wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> so um, I noticed that uh, both of them never wrote anything down except in the sand. Huh? That we know of, at least. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's um, one of Socrates' dialogues. He, he does a drawing in the sand. Um, I think it was Mino. And obviously then there's Jesus who writes in the sand with the, yeah. the woman caught yeah. in the act of adultery. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had a question for you about um, marriage counselling, seeing as that's been one of the topics from this talk. And um, I once heard a marriage counsellor say that his job 
um, this is pre-marriage counseling, one of it, that his job was to try and convince the couples not to get married. Exactly, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Challenge, discover who the other person is that you really do need them and do love them. Uh, see the weaknesses of the other person and your own weakness. In other words, be realistic, be mm. humble, and then you've got a chance. But if each person thinks they're perfect, you know, uh, as the advert on television says, I'm perfect, I'm perfect, I'm perfect, drives me mad. Uh, only God is perfect. The rest of us are flawed. But it's being good flawed together that we can move forward. Yeah. Helping each other. Yeah. I've got a lot of who helped me. Without them, I wouldn't be able to. Um, that's a wonderful thing. You love me as I am. I love you, darling. Thank you very much for loving me as I am. Um, because you've got to know me and you're still there for me. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, I mean, God loves us with all our weaknesses. It's, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. I think it's an important thing to distinguish between people in people's lives. That the sinner can be a good person with a weakness. And you can get rid of the sin, but the sinner is Christ-like and therefore worthy of respect and appreciation. How do you think one who is um, wanting to uh, overcome that challenge of not knowing a person before they get married, what would what would you advise young couples to sort of overcome that barrier? Well, give yourself time, and long walks is very good because walking next to each other or being in a car sitting next to each other, you can be very very honest and open in a way you can't if you're sitting across. A dining room table. Hmm. As parents know, the best time, uh, you know, so many parents have told me, I've got to know my boy, my girl, driving them to school on a Sunday evening. Uh, they, te they say things they would never say otherwise. Hmm. So get into a car if you can, or get into a train or a bus if it's empty, and sit next to each other, don't look at each other, and start talking. What are your values? How do you see the world? Uh, if this happens, how would you do? What do you think? Go through the, the model, you know. What's your government like, you know? What's your land like? How would you say it is? Is it stable or is it fragile? Is it, are you secure or are you, you know, and get to know each other as mm. well as you possibly can. Otherwise, so many people, you know, have a great time. They dance, they go to clubs, they watch the cinema, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they haven't spent hundreds of hours talking over the first four or five years of their marriage. Mm. Now, some people don't have to. And as I mentioned before, Robert and Rita, and Robert fell in love with Rita while he was doing his military service in Germany. First time he saw her, he said, I'm gonna marry her. And sure enough, she was the right woman for him and they stayed together until she died and then I buried him, age of 93. So, uh, you know, intuition can be okay but it's much better to have that intuition backed up by uh, knowledge and mm. only exporting by, by saying, by thinking. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, what characters do you like in a film? What characters do you like in a book? Uh, what characters do you like in a play? What do you sympathize with? You know, uh, 
get to explore the land of the heart. Yeah, and that needs time. Yeah. Uh, you know, Livingston spent years going through Africa, gradually discovering what there was and mapping it. Um, and accept that you won't know the person perfectly, of course not. But you'll have a better idea of what's there. And you can concentrate on the positive that you see is there and accept that there will be negativity, as indeed in your own heart there is a negativity. You can accept that. You know, tell that person you're going to live with, these, I think, are my weaknesses. I, you know, am emotionally too susceptible, you know. As a Slav, I get tearful very easily, so don't be surprised if you mm -hmm. see me often. Um, doesn't mean very much. It's just that that's the way I am. Um, or whatever. Um, so spending time in deep conversation, I would say, is the key thing. Hmm. Uh, so I suppose a long hike would, uh, would tick many boxes walking together. Next to each other, so don't bother to look at each other. Because that's that can be scary, you know. Yeah. Have you ever uh, heard that um, image that C.S. Lewis gives of how friendship is like two people walking beside each other and um, kind of observing the world, whereas uh, rather than looking at each other. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. By discussing the, what you see, the, the, you know. What do you think of that tree? You know, what do you see? How do you, how do you, what do you see about that film, that book you've been reading? Mm -hmm. um, you've read it now. What what's struck you as important? Um, you know, what what are the weaknesses of the hero? Or what the weak, whatever it is that you discuss. Yeah, you know, walking together, driving together, looking at the world, and, and talking about what you see mm. can help. I find that very interesting. I, I also heard someone once say that um, in relationships, it's it's actually good not to put one's best foot forward, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Because you you get the reality of of the situation out in the open, nice and early on, and then you can attract a genuine love rather than a kind of counterfeit. Said, oh, I think I think you're blocking your microphone at the moment, Father Vlad. The problem is that so many well, people are materialistic, so they concentrate on the physical. Yeah. You know? Very sad. And I remember a, a chap who was university with me uh, married this gorgeous-looking woman, and I met him about two years later at Waterloo Station, and I said, "How's how's how's the marriage?" Oh, we broke up. And I said, oh, but she was gorgeous. She said, yes, she was gorgeous and great in bed. But for the rest of the time, empty. I thought, precisely, you know, had you got to know her and not be fascinated by the beauty and the physicality, you may have stayed together. Mm. So I'm hoping after this afternoon's talk, whoever you're listening with, if you've got children, grandchildren, godchildren, pass the word on. Yeah. Uh, talk. Get to know each other. Get to know the land of the heart of the other. Spend a holiday exploring it. And together, you might find that life is hugely enriched. Well, thank you so much for um, another wonderful talk, Father Vlad. It's, it's 
I always look forward to to seeing you. Uh, no one else can see you at this point. It's just me, but um, everyone else gets to hear your voice. And um, today is the three seventh. More, three more talks that so you can. <laughs> today is the seventh of of your ten talks that you'll be giving to us. Um, and I wonder if you would wouldn't mind just ending with a prayer before we before we go. Yep. Yes. Loving Father, we thank you for making us, for giving us the greatest gift we have, which is life. We thank you for loving us as we are, with our weaknesses. May we become more like you and love those people around us with their weaknesses, appreciating and respecting and giving ourselves to them. For it is living by giving as you live within that life is at its best. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.